Welcome to Epiphany Brooklyn's podcast. I am Brandon Watts, lead pastor here at Epiph. Thanks so much for tuning in. Our desire is to join Jesus in his mission to redeem our city. May God bless you as you listen and consider subscribing so that you can tune in each week. Grace and peace. Thanks, Epiphany. What a blessing it is to be here in Brooklyn, to spend this time with you all today. I'm so excited to uh, be able to hang out with you even virtually. I I know it's tough. I wish you were here in the room with me uh, because I'm so excited to be here with you and and two of my favorite people in the world, your pastor, Pastor Brandon Watts, Lady Ty, uh, are such a blessing to my wife, LaVera, and I, and I'm so grateful to stand where he normally stands uh, and to be able to proclaim God's word uh, to you all uh, today. And so in the chat room, wherever you are in the comment section, go ahead and shout out your pastor. Use the clap emojis and all of that. Uh, Just let them know how much you appreciate them uh, and and their leadership in the kingdom of God and to you particularly here at Epiphany. Y'all, I know church is tough these days because we are not able to gather in person, but God's grace has allowed us to really be able to still connect even virtually. And so my prayer for you is that you your faith continues to remain strong because your church is strong and your pastors are strong. And I know that you are strong. And so please continue uh, to exercise your faith in a strong manner. Uh, I'm excited to get to the Word. So let's grab our Bibles. I'm going to pick up reading in Exodus chapter 12. So if you got to switch over to your Bible app or if you got a Bible Bible, go ahead and pull out your paper Bible and we're going to the book of Exodus. It's the second book in the Bible and so it shouldn't take you that long to find. And we're going to pick up reading at chapter 12. I'm just going to read for right now, I'm going to read verses 29 through 32, but we're going to look at a big chunk of this text. And so keep your Bibles open uh, and let's And let's stay connected here uh, in the word. Uh, Exodus chapter 12, picking up at verse 29. Here's what it says. Um, It says, at midnight, the Lord struck down all the firstborn in the land of Egypt from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sat on his throne to the firstborn of the captive who was in the dungeon and all the firstborn of the livestock. And Pharaoh rose up at night, he and all his servants and all the Egyptians. And there was a great cry in Egypt, for there was not a house where someone was not dead. Then he summoned Moses and Aaron by night and said, up, go out from among my people, both you and the people of Israel. Go serve the Lord as you have said, take your flocks and your herds as you've said and be gone and bless me also. If I could just take a few moments to encourage you from God's word, the title of this message is favored in the famine, favored in the famine. Y'all, over the past several months, this pandemic has sparked in my wife, LaVera, her love for cooking and particularly cooking from scratch. I've been trying so hard not to put on the COVID-19 pounds, but it's been hard for me to to hold it off because my wife is such an incredible cook. And so she's been making things from scratch, cinnamon rolls and, and biscuits and pastries and all this great food she's been making 
making and she's been making it from scratch. And so often as the husband, I get sent to the store to get all of the ingredients. And so she sends me to the store because she wants to make cinnamon rolls from scratch. And so she gives me the list, sugar, butter, cream cheese, plenty of cinnamon. Uh, But at the bottom of the list, she says, don't forget the yeast. Don't forget the yeast. And as I'm looking at the list, she says it purposely. And I can tell that she wants to make sure that I get the yeast because my problem is this. I look at that list and all those good tasting ingredients and I'm wondering, yeast, why would you put something so nasty into something that tastes so good? You see, my problem is that I'm thinking about how all of the ingredients taste individually. But the purpose of the yeast in the recipe is not to taste good, but to activate the bread and make it rise. You see, the yeast doesn't taste good. As a matter of fact, it tastes pretty nasty. But when you implement the yeast into the recipe, it makes all of the other ingredients rise. It lifts up everything around it. You see, my my wife is a master baker and she knows that she has to implement some things into this recipe that may not taste good. Friends, I just want you to know that the master baker, I'm not talking about my wife, I'm talking about God. The master baker of eternity uses unpleasant experiences to lift us, to rise us into our destiny, folks. It's all part of the recipe. Difficult experiences, painful circumstances, even pandemics are all part of the recipe. And if you let it, I believe it will help you to rise into God's will for your life. In this passage that we're reading today, Exodus chapter 12, you see that we've reached the 10th of 10 plagues that God rains down on Egypt as uh, he is delivering his people out of bondage. And of these 10 plagues, I want you to catch this, that there were 10 plagues, but the children of Israel were not exempt from all of them. As a matter of fact, about half of them, the people of Israel had to endure themselves. When there was a plague of gnats, they had to go get the bug spray too, okay? And I want us to notice that in this entire passage that God uses these plagues for a very specific purpose. God uses these plagues to deliver his people from bondage. God uses these plagues to disrupt an unjust governmental structure that marginalized and enslaved an entire race of people. God uses these plagues to display his power to his people. And God uses these plagues, watch this, to demonstrate the the power that his people had available to them. And I want you to understand, y'all, that whatever difficulty you're going through, including the difficulty of the current pandemic, including the difficulty of the current political issues and structures that we're dealing with in this country, God uses difficulties like this in the same way that he uses the used difficulties in uh, Exodus chapter 12, the same way he used plagues in Exodus chapter 12 to deliver his people. 
and to disrupt unjust government structures and to display his favor and even, folks, to demonstrate the power that we have available to us. Uh, Let me pause right here and just remind you of the power that we have available to us and we're going to be able to put that power on display in just a few weeks here as we get the opportunity to vote in this coming uh, general election. I want you to notice that God has put power into your hands and I want to encourage you to make sure even in the middle of a pandemic and unjust government, if you want that power back, if you want to wield that power, one of the ways that you can wield that power is by educating yourself on everything that's on the ballot, not just the presidential election, and exercising your right to vote. I want I want to notice, I want to point out in this passage what God has and how God exercises his sovereignty and some reminders for us as we continue in this series that Pastor B started last week, reminding us of God's sovereignty even in the midst of difficulty and pain. I want us to take a look at Exodus 12 to see if there's some things that we can learn and remember as we look to God's word. My first encouragement to you from this passage is number one, don't forget the promise. Don't forget the promise. I didn't get to read verse 24 earlier. And so let's turn to the scripture and and just slide up from verse 29 to verse 24. And let's notice uh, something that God has to say. Uh, Verse 24 says, you shall observe this right as a statute for you and for your sons forever. And when you come into the land and when you come into the and when you come into the land that the Lord will give you, as he has promised, you shall keep this service. And when your children say to you, what do you mean by this service? You shall say it is the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover. For he passed over the houses of the people of Israel in Egypt and when he struck the Egyptians but spared our houses and the people bowed their heads and worshiped. Y'all, don't forget the promise. Please don't miss this in verse 25 where, uh, where he says, and when you come into the land. When you come into the land means that it's a foregone conclusion that God's promise to Abraham generations before is still intact. It's easy, folks, to get distracted by your circumstances that you forget that God made promises to you. It's so easy to forget that God designed you with destiny. It's so easy to forget that God made a promise. And can I tell you something that I don't want you to forget? That the plague, that the pandemic, can I say this? Even the president has not canceled God's promise. And so God makes a promise and he speaks of the promise as if it's a foregone conclusion. When you come into the land, then this is what you will do. And I don't want you to forget the promise. And so he gives us a way. He gives the people of Israel a way to remember the promise. Notice he says, now I want you to create a habit. I want you to create a feast. I want you to create a feast so that you remember, don't forget the promise. 
And for us today, maybe we don't uh, actually have a feast at Passover time as, uh, as Christians, but I, I do want you to notice that God encouraged them to create a habit or a discipline that reminded them of God's faithfulness. And I believe that that's what he wants to say to us. In order for us to not forget the promise, we have to create habits and disciplines in our lives that remind us of God's faithfulness. Folks, without the Passover meal, all they would remember was how bad it was instead of how good God is. And so God says, institute some, some habits, some rituals, some, uh, some practices that remind you of God's faithfulness. Can I bring it to us here in 2020? I want to encourage all of us to make sure that we're not just spiritual in an abstract sense, but that we apply habits and disciplines to our spirituality so that we do not forget the promise. This is for those of us, I don't know if you know anybody like this, but I know plenty, but people who say I'm spiritual, but not religious. I struggle with that because really to me, all that means is you have not added habits and disciplines to your spirituality. And so your strength fluctuates. I'm spiritual, but I have not added any practices, any disciplines, any habits, any accountability to my spirituality, folks. That's like saying I'm into fitness, but I never go to the gym. (laughs) That's like saying I, I, I love being fit, but I don't work out. No, if it's going to work, then we have to add practice so that we don't forget God's word, so that we don't forget the promise. And then he tells us why. He tells us why. He says, because your children are going to look at your practices and ask why. Folks, we've been in a pandemic for the last several months, and I want to talk real quickly to those of us who are parents or almost parents, because we're in a position now where we're spending more time with our children, and they're spending more time with us, and they see our habits, They see our disciplines. They see our attitudes. They see it more than we think they do. They see it more than we see it. And my question is, is your children's increased exposure to you connecting them with God? God is telling his people, look, create these disciplines in your lifestyle that lead your children to ask questions about your faith. And then when they ask those questions about your faith, be ready to answer those questions. I truly believe this, y'all, that there's nothing wrong with your children coming to faith from the example of their parents. People act like this is a bad thing. The current generation acts like it's a bad thing. Oh, you're only a Christian because your mom was a Christian. No, I, uh, yeah, that, that might be true because my mom was a practicing Christian. She was a strong believer. I, want, I don't want to force, force religion on my children, but I do want to live in a way where they ask me questions about my faith. And when they ask me questions about my faith, I have answers for them when they ask. Because part of not forgetting the promise means that I'm passing on the promise to my children so that I am bringing about generations of believers in Jesus Christ because of my faith practice and my spirituality means that my children see how I'm living. I got a hustle. I wish I could stay on that uh, on that point, but I got a couple of more that I got to give you as we talk about uh, how God uses difficulty, even pandemic, to uh, to raise us to 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 drive us forward. The first principle, the first encouragement is don't forget the promise. Here's my second uh, encouragement to you: is don't forget to worship. Don't forget 
to worship. Check out what happens at the end of verse 27. I want you to catch this. Uh, In verse 27, uh, it says, after he gives the instructions about the Passover, it says at the end of verse 27, and the people bowed their head and worshiped. And the people of Israel went and did so as the Lord commanded Moses and Aaron. So they did. They bowed their head and worshiped. That might not seem like that's a big deal until you think about this. They're still in the middle of their difficulty. They're only on the, uh, on, at the beginning of the 10th of 10 plagues. They haven't been delivered out of bondage yet. They haven't seen the first glimpse of the promised land. They still have a lot of difficulty and pain and problem ahead of them. But the people bowed their head and they worshiped God even in the middle of a plague. Man, I want to encourage you. Don't don't forget this. Don't forget to worship. Uh, But I can't go to church, but I'm going through difficulty, but I can't even leave my house. But my family member or even myself have been have been diagnosed with COVID. I've been going through pain and circumstance and issue. But y'all, the folks, they bowed their heads in worship in verse 27. And then in verse 28, it says, and they went and did what the Lord said. Y'all, that is worship. If If anybody's wondering, how do I worship in the middle of this difficulty? Here's the answer. Bow your head and worship. Continue to engage in in church, even if you have to engage online. Go over and above to make sure you are connected in discipleship and be obedient to the voice of the Lord. It says they bowed their heads in worship. That is a Hebrew word that means to fall prostrate. They bowed their whole bodies and their whole lives to Yahweh God. And they worshiped even in the middle of their pain. Y'all don't forget to worship. Oh, one of my favorite movies, I, and I, I bet there's a few of y'all, put it in the comments if you agree with me. My, one of my favorite movies is the movie Coming to America. Y'all, the, the reason why it's one of my favorite movies is because I believe that Coming to America is the most Christian gospel-centered movie you'll ever watch. I ain't got time to tell you why. Hit me up on social media. I'll tell you why I believe coming to America is a picture of the gospel, but I ain't got time to tell you. What I do want you to remember is there was a scene in coming to America where Akeem is at Madison Square Garden and he's standing in this long line, this long line to the bathroom. And some guy just walks past him and you remember this scene. He says, oh my goodness, it is you. And it's the guy who is carrying the beverages. He's, he's selling soda, but he stops in the middle of Madison Square Garden in the middle of the bathroom line. And he bows his head down and he looks at Akeem and he says, I am a loyal citizen of Zamunda. And Akeem was like, look, calm down. We're in the bathroom line. You're going to spill your beverages. But for this guy, it doesn't matter where I am. It just matters who my king is. And folks, I want to remind you that even if you're in the middle of difficulty, even if you're in a job that you don't like, even if you're in a painful circumstance, or even if you're in the middle of a pandemic, it doesn't matter where you are. It just matters who your king is, and he is worthy of worship wherever you are. 
Man, I want to encourage you that you are favored in the famine, that even in the middle of difficulty and pain, God is still sovereign. He is still there. He is still with you and he is still in control. And so since you're favored in the famine, don't forget the promise. Don't forget to worship Last thing real quick, and I'm going to let you guys go and enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Uh, But I want to encourage you, don't forget the benefits. Don't forget the benefits. All right, I didn't read this part either. I got to get to verse 35. You still got your Bible open? Go ahead and grab it and look at verse 35. Verse 35 says, the people of Israel had also done as Moses told them, for they asked the Egyptians for silver and gold jewelry and for clothing. And the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians so that they let them have what they asked. And thus they plundered the Egyptians. Hold up one second. I, I got to pause right here because this is, this is something huge. Don't, don't forget this. That as they left the, the bondage of slavery... The text says that they asked for silver and gold and clothing and the people gave it to them. Y'all, they came out, watch this, they came out of slavery, they came out of bondage and they came out of plagues with more stuff than they went in with. I, y'all, can I, can I encourage you? I, I believe that the word of God is encouraging me. I want to pass this encouragement on to you that I believe that you are going to come out of this famine better than when you came in. Now, okay, let me stop right here. Just in case somebody thinks that I've devolved into some prosperity gospel, I do not believe that this is just a financial blessing. I believe you'll come out of uh, the pandemic with stronger relationships because you've had to weigh and measure the types of relationships that you had before the pandemic. I believe that you'll come out of the pandemic in even better health because you're taking care of yourself just a little bit better than you did before. I believe you'll come out of the pandemic rested because you've had to spend some time at home. I believe you'll come out of the pandemic closer to God. I believe that you'll come out of the pandemic in a stronger state of mind. I believe that you'll come out of the pandemic handling your money better because you it got a little tight and you had to rethink your budget. I believe that you'll come out of this thing better than when you walked into this thing. And y'all watch how these people had unexpected favor because they asked not their friends but their enemies they asked their enemies for these blessings (laughs) and they gave it to them (laughs) these were people that hated them these were people that kept them in slavery for the previous 400 years these are people who held them down and made their work harder didn't have to had to be these were people that subjugated them and systematically oppressed them and watch this y'all they didn't have to fight for it all they had to do was ask for it Y'all, this is reminding me of what the scripture teaches us in James chapter four, verse two, where it says, you have not because you ask not. And here's my question for you. What blessings have you forfeited because you haven't asked? Because you didn't make the request. Because you didn't file the paperwork. 
because you didn't put in the application? What blessings have you forfeited simply because you didn't make the ask? What are you missing out on because you didn't actually go and make the ask? Oh, let me stop right here. Uh, What power are you withholding because you didn't go into the voting booth and vote? Oh, please don't forget the power that you have and the favor that God has granted you as a follower of Christ. And yes, God is even giving you the power in your vote. And so now is the time, if I could just remind you that in just four weeks, if you're not registered, register now. If, if you're not, uh, if, if, if you haven't gotten your ballot, go get your ballot now. If you haven't studied the candidates and the issues that are on the ballot, study them now because God is saying, I'm going to give you something. But you won't get it if you don't activate it by even making the ask or using your voice. And so here's my challenge for you for Monday morning. It's Sunday. Yeah, I know. But I've got a challenge for you for Monday. And my challenge for you for Monday is to make the ask. I know it seems ridiculous. I know it seems like it's something that, that, that you can't have or shouldn't have. Or it may seem like it's something that doesn't even make sense, that it won't even make a difference. But make the ask, because this is what God says to his people. And they asked people that hated them and, they, and God granted them favor in their sight. Now, let me be clear also as well that, uh, that what the Israelites took out of Egypt was not for them. I want to set somebody at ease who, again, might be concerned about a prosperity twinge to what I'm speaking. I I want to be clear uh, that what the people of Israel took out of Egypt was not for them to spend on themselves. If you read ahead in the book of Exodus, you'll you'll notice uh, that what they plundered from uh, from the Egyptians was not for their free consumption, but they would be instruments of worship. Because God is going to give them clear instructions for a tabernacle, a place of worship while they are in uh, the while they're in the wilderness. They're going to need a place of worship. And so the what they plundered from the Egyptians was not for them. It was to be used for God. It It was a blessing, but it wasn't a blessing for them. Can I encourage you in one way that if you are feeling blessed or if you've ever felt blessed, that God is not blessed blessing you so that you would be blessed. God blessed you so that you would be a blessing. And so if your blessing isn't drawing you closer to God, then it's not a blessing. If your blessing doesn't put you in a position to be a blessing, it's not a blessing. If your blessing doesn't benefit the kingdom of God, then it's not a blessing. But if God is positioning you to be blessed, remember that 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 blessing is for you to be a conduit of God's blessing. But please don't forget the benefits. Please don't come out of the difficulty of what you've gone through and not be better off than when you came in. God did not take you through it just so that you could be at the same place doing the same thing, rocking the same stuff and and going about your life in the same way than the way that you went in. No, God wants something new out of you after having gone through it. It will be a waste of the difficulty. It will be a waste of the pandemic if you came out of it even. No, don't forget, don't forget the benefits. 
Let me shut it down like this. I um, recently um, had to take my our middle son, Ruben, to the doctor. And Ruben is an exuberant young man, but he hates the doctor. He absolutely hates the doctor. And so we had to go in and, and, and he's complaining the whole ride there because he knows he has to go to the doctor. We get to the doctor's office and he didn't even want to go in. I had to drag him out of the car just to get him into the waiting room. And then we had to wait in the waiting room. And, 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 and as he's in the waiting room, he's asking me all kinds of questions. He's saying, can we go home? Saying, can we do this on another day? He, he he's, he's just hates the doctor and he, he let me know about it the whole time. He gets his examination. He gets his shots. It was his shot appointment. And then after the appointment, the doctor says, man, you, you've been a, a soldier. And so the doctor gave him a lollipop. And then he said, man, you, you've been such a soldier. You, uh, here's a lollipop. But I also, I got some stickers. Pick some stickers. And he, he got some stickers of his favorite uh, characters, the Avengers. So he picks out a whole bunch of stickers. And then he says, look, I got these activity books. And so he gets, so he leaves the doctor with a lollipop, with some stickers, activity coloring book. On the way home, I'm proud of him too. I'm like, man, I know you were scared. I know you hated to have to do that. So let's stop by. Let's get you a treat. So we stop by McDonald's. We get him a Happy Meal. Inside the Happy Meal, he got a toy. And so he's having a blast now on the other side of his doctor's appointment. And he walks into the house and he walks into the house with his lollipop and with his stickers and with his activity coloring book. He walks into the house with his uh, McDonald's Happy Meal and the toy that came inside the McDonald's Happy Meal. And I'm laughing at him because he looks like he's just had a wonderful day. <laughs> and so I ask him, I say, Reuben, uh, you, you had a, having a pretty good ending to this day. I said, it's so good. You probably wouldn't mind doing this all over again the next time he has a doctor's appointment. And Reuben said something to me, y'all, that blessed me. And he said it to me so I could say it to you. Here's what Reuben said to me. He said, I don't want to go back but I'm glad I went. And y'all, I I believe that that can be the testimony of us even having gone through difficulty and pain. That can be the testimony of us even having gone through the difficulty of a pandemic. That can be the testimony of anybody right now who's been going through such a difficult time in your life and you've been wondering, God, what in the world are you doing? Because I got plague on this side and pandemic on that side and pain on the other side. And you're wondering why in the world do I have to go through this? I believe that God is saying, I got benefits for you in the middle of this thing. And don't forget the benefits. I believe that on the other side of this, if you haven't already gotten to this point, you're going to be able to say, I I don't want to go back, but I'm glad I went. In Psalm 103, Psalm 103, verses 1 and 2, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, watch this, and forget not his benefits. Folks, God always has a benefit on the other side, He always has a blessing on the other side of a problem. There's always a mountain on the other side of the valley of the shadow of death. There's always a resurrection on the other side of the crucifixion. And even though yeast doesn't taste good, it helps you to rise. And it will bring about a product. 
that is wonderful to receive and to be blessed by. Remember, God is sovereign. He knows what's going on and he has his steady eternal hand on everything that you and I experience. And so remember that you and I are favored even in a famine. Lord, I thank you so much for your word that encourages and empowers us. And I pray your blessing over us now as we consume your word, as we remember what you've done in centuries past and remember that you are the same God yesterday, today, and forever. We recognize that we are not the children of Israel in Exodus chapter 12, but we also recognize that you being God still operate in many of the same ways. And so in as much as the principles of your word, as they happened in Exodus 12, apply to us in 2020, I pray that we will be obedient to them, that we will be observers of your word and that we would walk it out. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your power. We thank you for your sovereignty, that you are still God and that you are still with us and that you will never leave us or forsake us. This is our prayer with thanksgiving in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, Epiphany. Thanks for letting me hang out with you.